What's up you guys and welcome back to another episode of the water cooler. We got a busy week in sports. Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence just went toe to toe in an amazing matchup. I'm talking it was a banger. So let's just jump right in and talk about that. Yep. We're going to give Terrence Crawford the performance of the day because boy did he put the work on Errol oh, Spence Jr. Oh my god. I mean... We were looking uh, earlier, just a few minutes ago, we were kind of just reading up on the highlights and everything. The numbers are kind of what caught my eye to begin with. Um, it was 100 and something punches. We got the numbers right here in front it of us. It was. We got to pull them up. But, Terrence Crawford landed 185 punches to Errol Spence's 96. But the thing is, Errol Spence threw 480 punches, and Terrence Crawford only threw 369. So Terrence Crawford... Hit double the punches and almost a hundred less punches thrown. <laughs> that's Ed, Dude, that's ridiculous. That just goes to show like how pound like how pound for pound and how insanely good Terrence Crawford is as a fighter. It's scary. That's that's scary. And he had three yeah. knockdowns before the seventh uh, round. Come yeah. on, man. Come yeah, on. So it ended in a ninth round technical knockout. Referee Kenny Bayless just stopped the fight, and Which, I don't blame him. Like towards the right. end. Terrence or Errol Spence was just completely dead on his feet. Oh my god! And if you watch, like, go back and actually rewatch the fight and all that, and replay it a little bit, much respect to like Spence on that. I've, uh, oh, he a was lot a war- he was a warrior. Uh, much respect. Like, I hope nobody thinks we're trying to downplay him or like just hype up Terrence Crawford or whatever. But like, much respect. But dude, I would have ended that fight a little bit earlier than what they did. I just I kind of felt bad for him, just seeing the way his face I mean, was looking. Yeah, the last but it's boxing, like you, it's boxing. You know, you got to let him be men. But I just felt bad. The last two rounds, he was pretty much just yeah. bloodied up, out on his feet. But, I'm surprised they didn't call that. Right. I mean, I mean, the seventh round, after his uh, last knockdown he had, whenever he got back up, he gets hit with a right one more time and kind of folds into Terrence Crawford and just kind of sits there for a second. And then Terrence Crawford hits him again, and it wakes him back up. It's like, dude, you can just see Buddy's eyes are in the back of his yeah. head. I mean, it was crazy listening to Terrence Crawford talk after the fight. Yeah. Where he was like, you know, in round two, Errol Spence hit me with his best shot, and I was like, "That's it. Yeah, it's gonna be a long night for him." <laughs> like he had the level of, and you could just tell the confidence that Terrence Crawford had throughout that entire fight. It's just crazy to watch play out live. Yeah, I mean, and especially too to have Stephen A. Smith be the one interviewing him and him say yeah. that Stephen A. just kind of like, "Oh, dang, bro, you mean what you're talking about?" Yeah, like, it was so cool to see that. And I'm glad we called it too. Oh but, yeah, we yeah. were we were right. I mean, I thought it would go the whole mm-hmm. twelve rounds. Yeah, me too. Me too. But I mean, Terrence Crawford. Apparently, we underestimated yeah. him. I didn't realize that was possible. Right. But. Right. I didn't think you could even do that. Somebody that good. Yeah, I mean, Errol <laughs> Spence was. They were both undefeated right. going into that. It's kind of. I I can't really fathom that he just beat Errol Spence that much because before this fight, it was a huge debate on who was the best. In the division, right and now there's just no debate. There's no debate. I mean, like, I mean, honestly, you could watch Terrence Crawford. I would want to say he could go up or down, and still, yeah. just, I mean, absolutely. But he could definitely destroy. go down. Yeah, but I mean, if he goes up, then he, I still think he's gonna destroy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Still, I think mean, he's gonna destroy. So right now, in their contract for this last fight, Errol Spence has a rematch that he could automatically cash in. Yep. I mean, if I were him, I would do it just because it'll make money. But if he's looking at it from a fighter perspective as a, do I want to win? Do I think I can win? 
I don't know if it would be good for his career. Right. And you go like like you just said, good for the career being you take that fight, you you take it like a man, and then you come back and you get beat even worse than what you did this time, and yeah. even faster like that. You're putting so much at stake by just automatically wanting to get right back to it. Where it's do you like, think you should do a rematch? Eventually, obviously, like I, I don't think it should be like within the next six months, you know. But like, so give, him, give him time. Give turn him time. down the rematch's contract has. Yes, because that's yeah. an immediate rematch. Right. Yeah, I think they should definitely. I would. I wouldn't take that rematch. Not. Not no immediate. Not. Well, not with his face looking the way it does. That I, I know it looks bad. Yeah. I know it hurts. Heck, I got slapped Sunday and my face hurts. <laughs> yeah. <it's laughs> yeah. Like. And it wasn't by no Terrence Crawford either. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, like, I can't imagine what it was like taking just so many hits to the mouth, face, eyes, nose, all that. I just can't imagine trying to, like, take all that and re- recover in X amount of time and immediately have to go back and get my ass whooped again. Like, I would hate that. Yeah. <laughs> I think the best career move for Errol Spence is take six months off before you even think about fighting yeah, again. Yeah, 100%. Start training and get you an, one or two just tune-up fights. Yep. Like good competitive fighters that you know you can beat, but it will still be a good way to showcase your skills and train. And beat up at least two, maybe three. And then you start going for the competitive, like right. Terrence Crawford-level opponents right. again. And then that's what it is. Like you, you can't just necessarily you can't go right back to him. Because like, I mean, it's going to happen. He's going to get beat again. And like you couldn't have said it better. You really couldn't have said it better. I mean, that's a career, that's a career buster right there. Yeah, if you lose two in a row, <laughs> yeah, and you fast. get your butt kicked both times, right, <laughs> right. Like you can't throw four hundred something punches and land less than a hundred, yeah. and then come back three months later and be like, "Yo, we're fighting again, bro." Like, I mean, no. even Stephen A was talking about how he thinks Errol Spence should hang it up. Yeah. Now I think I that's prisoner that's, of the moment. Yeah, He's only thirty three. Right. Like that's just crazy talk from Stephen A. But that just shows you where the minds of people are at. Now, what's next for Terrence Crawford might be Errol Spence's best friend, Jermel Charlo. Oh, yeah. And can we also bring up, whenever he knocked out Errol Spence and he goes over to Charlo or Carlo. What, what Charlo? It's Carlo. Carlo. It's, you spell it Charlo, but it's Carlo. Carlo. Okay, gotcha. But yeah, as soon as he got done so, with that. Yeah, Carlo was sitting first row. In yep. the arena, and so you can continue. And so he looked at him, and he was just like, "You're next, bro. Like you're next." And ooh, I would have been scared. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know they're not, they're not, but I would have just been like, "Bro, chill, calm down. Yeah. Enjoy your night. Don't don't call me out." Yeah. <laughs> like, just, so Jermel and his twin brother Jamal Charlo are both like heavyweight, like legit top tier boxers and they're mm-hmm. best friends with Errol Spence for those who don't know. And like they're so close and that they they have made it known even years ago that they don't they're not doing nothing with each other like yeah. they're not even going to try to get in the ring. They would never even try to set anything up. Like that's how close they are together and for Terence Crawford to do that that just He's like, I beat up Errol Spence, now I'm beating up your whole family. Right, like, Like. it just goes to show how nasty and mean he can be if he really wants to. Yeah. Now, Jermel Charlo, if that's who's next up for Terrence Crawford, that'll be a good fight. Charlo's 37 total fights with one loss and one draw, 19 knockouts. So, I mean, that's impressive as it is. Yeah, like, that's (laughs) stupidly impressive. And he's the current undisputed light middleweight champion. So if Terrence Crawford could beat him, he would be the undisputed champion in his own weight class as well as the middleweight class, 
which is unheard of. Mm-hmm. And the scary part is, dude, this isn't even like the four belt air that we have now yeah. and all that. It's like, if one man's taking everything, good lord, who's gonna beat him? Like, yeah, I mean, and you know, I've always said the reason boxing's not as popular as it should be is there are so many different belts right that it's just hard to keep up with right who's champ and who's the wbc or the wbo mm-hmm. well now they're all getting unified right so it's really i think going to do wonders for just people being able to get more invested mm-hmm. into bots because hope. it's easier to follow i hope but now charlo's next fight supposed to be against canelo and that could be big because if charlo and Terrence Crawford fight after Canelo and Charlo fight. That could set up what I was talking about last week, Terrence Crawford versus, versus Canelo. Canelo. And that is what the people want to yeah. see. Andre Berto was just talking about how he thinks that would be a $100 million fight uh, for yeah. Terrence Crawford. Easy. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, that's like a, that's pretty much like any fight Floyd ever had. That's kind of money he'd be making. He'd be making that yeah. Floyd Mayweather money. At you think point. Floyd wishes he could just be ten years younger? Oh, how dude. his division could you imagine? Off? Could you imagine like young Floyd fighting these dudes now? Yeah. as quick as he was, as hard as he used to hit. Like, I could, I don't know. I think it'd be, it'd be very fun to watch for sure. But I don't know. Like it'd be. Do you think the division is better now than it was in Floyd's day, or do you think it just <clears throat> seems better because Floyd made everybody else look so bad? I was about the hype that Floyd brought to boxing, like whenever he was really getting big into it. I think that's why people <clears throat> really were watching. It's because of how big his hype was. Like people were like kind of. You think about it back. Who was the other boxer besides? You know, you think about Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, those kind of yeah. guys and stuff. But when was the last time you'd even heard about somebody that like to a degree that has been so dominant in their, I guess, division and back and forth with everybody. Just like uh, Floyd Mayweather was, he brought so much attention, just like Muhammad Ali and I was saying. So, if he comes, if he was here today, doing what he was doing then, bro, boxing would be, it would be so high on the ratings mm-hmm. of like top sports in the world. I, I truly believe that. I mean, yeah, as good as the talent in the division is, none of them's got Floyd's personality. Mm-mm. Nope. Floyd had more charisma in his pinky finger than these guys do in their whole body. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Like, he could make... And and the best part about Floyd was not only could he fight, he could sell a fight. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, dude, being able to sell a fight and then go and win it, that just makes it ten times better every single time you fight. That's why him and Conor McGregor worked so well. Oh, yeah. The lead-up to that fight was way more entertaining than the the fight fight itself. Yeah, dude, that was like... Just to hear them go back and forth for so long about it was just, that was great. But, so here's my prediction. I think that Charlo is going to lose to Canelo, and then I think Terrence Crawford will beat Charlo, and then Canelo and Terrence, I'd take Canelo. I'm going to go Terrence Crawford. I'm going to literally the same thing as you. Like, I have the same exact prediction. And that has to happen, because, I mean, if that doesn't happen, then what other... What other options do they have to make boxing come back again like they want it to? So, yeah, but I hope that happens. I got the same prediction, but I think so Crawford think, beats him. You think, you think, I think Crawford, Crawford would, would beat, beat Canelo? Yeah, I do. It'd be a good fight. I just think Canelo is naturally bigger. Mm-hmm. So he would yeah, be exactly, more yeah. in his own skin versus Terrence Crawford right. having to gain weight. Mm-hmm. But it'd be worth watching, and 100%. I hope it happens. Yes, 100%, dude. That would be so awesome. Like... 
I've I've been waiting for so long for like two actual professionals who are very well yeah. known in the sport Not of boxing. Logan Paul exactly, and Jake, Jake Paul. Paul, Nate Robinson. Like, <laughs> take those guys out, bro. Nate Robinson we want pros. <laughs> we want professional boxers. We don't want YouTubers or TikTokers like or NBA players yeah, or Jose no. Consenco. Come on, dude. Like even Jose I mean, come on, Anderson Silva. Anderson up. Silva was how old when he fought Jake Paul? Like, oh, come on, get these guys washed up, get them out of here. We want pros. We want people mm-hmm. who have been in the game, know who they are. At least if you're going to do the whole, like, sham, like, celebrity boxing, get the old retired boxers. At the very least, they've earned their stripes. Right. Where if Mike Tyson wants to put on, like, a basically a charity fight with Roy Jones again, sure. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, he, he's earned the right to right, do that. Right, that stuff makes sense. Yeah, like, Floyd versus Connor round two, I'd watch it. I would watch that. That would make sense. But whenever, yeah, I mean, you just can't bring Bryce Hall versus <laughs> Logan Paul. Or, yeah, can't yeah. can't do that. Addison <laughs> Ray versus Charlie <laughs> D'Amelio. Yeah, bro, what? My God, we have James Charles and Jeffree Star fighting next. Now, Ryan Garcia, though, he did do it good. As far as marketing, by getting in with all those celebrity oh. boxers, but being a legit boxer himself. Right. And I wish that Manny Pacquiao fight could have worked out for him. That would have been sick. That would have been sick. I would have. I would have loved to watch that. I would have. But, yeah, the future of boxing is bright, and the MLB is running rampant right oh. now. Oh, are we talking about oh. futures here? Let's go. I'm down with this one, because the MLB... And the Braves are in good hands, son. I'll tell you that right now. But, yeah, I mean, speaking of, like, talking about fighting and stuff like that, dude, the next, I guess, few weeks or, like, few months, I it's would say. It's a fight in the AL West. Yeah, yeah that's like, sure. that's what I was about to bring up. These next couple months are really, really going to matter for a lot of teams. Because, I mean, the AL West right now, the top four out of five teams in the West, the Texas Rangers are 60 and 46. The Astros are 60 and 47. The Angels are 56 and 51. And the Mariners are 55 and 51. So that's four out of the five teams are over 55 wins. Right. Which is kind of ridiculous. It is. But to also to say that division right there, it's, it's just been so up and down the past few years. Like, obviously. The Rangers have just, or not the Rangers, the, the Astros. Astros have just absolutely dominated it. And now that you see other teams finally competing against each other, it, it makes it better to watch. And especially teams competing who haven't been doing that good in the past few years or whatnot. The Orioles, also another AL team. AL East, you know it's crazy that you know you're having a crazy baseball season when most of the teams and most of the divisions are above 500. And it's a tight race. That's how you know it's been a good baseball season. When the Yankees are in last place, but they're mm-hmm. still four or five games out, makes you want to definitely like watch that kind of stuff. And it makes it fun. And I'm glad Baltimore is getting the hype that they're deserving. Yeah. They truly, I think, I've always been a Baltimore fan. Like, yeah, you just like, Manny like Manny Machado. Machado. Yeah, I just, I just always something about old Cal Rip getting Manny Machado. But yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be crazy these next couple months, man. I, I'm excited because literally 30 days. We have September baseball, and September baseball leads to October baseball, and that means the World Series. Mm-hmm. And Ready? the Rays, Rays gonna run it back, man. We gonna we gonna we gonna put another ring on our finger. You think we might get another Braves Georgia same year Dude, championship? You know, oh my, and especially Georgia going back to back to back. Oh, bro, I wouldn't even know what to say. Like I I don't even know if I'd be able to even watch another sport 
like another sporting event. You just because, from yeah, sports. literally, I would never even watch them again just because I'm so happy. I'm content. <laughs> like, my teams did what they needed to. I'm good. Like, because growing up, our teams were never like they were all right. I mean, they weren't championship team winning, obviously, but. Now that you have teams winning championships, and it I miss those it. Matthew Stafford, no Sean Marino, Georgia oh, teams. Oh yeah, AJ Green, Muhammad Mask. Oh my gosh, don't even get me started about them. Those were the days. Like seriously, those. I will never forget no Sean Marino jumping over that oh, dude. How many times? Which one? The Tate. Our co- we have a cousin Tate. Shout out Tate. He had a picture back in the day. No Sean Marino jumping over the Arizona Arizona State defensive back, bro. That was it. Was so nasty. I mean. I love Sean, but whenever he used to jump over people like that, I used to jump up and down with him. I'd, oh, be, yeah. I'd be in the living room jumping with him. <laughs> hey, he didn't get him a national championship, but he did get him a Super Bowl ring, yep, so shout out Sean. Yeah, oh, yeah. that pays. But that going did. back to the ALS for mm-hmm. a second, does it make you mad to see the Astros still running things after that whole cheating scandal? Not really, because... You can cheat. You can do whatever you want. That's fine. You can hear what's coming. You can know it's coming, but you still got to hit it. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying what they did was right. I mean, but really, do I care about any of that? I don't I don't give a rat's. We beat them. You know what I mean? For To be a Braves fan, like, I, I, it doesn't bother me at all to see them, like, consistently every year do really well. But at the same time, it, it's not fair. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's fair that they have. Do you think it's them. hypocritical? For Rob Manfred to treat the Astros so leniently, but not let Pete Rose be reinstated. Yeah, that is that's messed up. Like and Joe Jackson too. While we're at it, that's messed up. That's truly because realistically speaking, dude, Pete Rose. I mean, if anybody has an all-time tops list or however, wherever you want to put it, Pete Rose is everybody's top. Whatever number you want to call it, he's in that list. I mean, he is going to always be the most. Now, one of the most well talked about people. In the I MLB. just put it on the Instagram page this most recent week, actually. You did. So, you did. shout out Pete Rose. This was a big week for him. This week, over 40 years ago, he both set the NL hit streak record with 38 consecutive games of getting a hit, and he tied Ty Cobb for the all time hit record, which means this week he probably broke the all time hit record right. in 1985. Which will be. I mean, we'll talk about that for sure. Definitely got to give him a performance of the day. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I feel bad for Pete Rose for sure. Like, I mean, every baseball fan who truly loves the game and knows, the, like, the past mm-hmm. and, like, the stories with all of it, like, you just you can't do anything but just feel bad for the guy. Like, yeah. I do hate that. I hate it for him. Now, this is more of just a personal preference, I guess, but you're a baseball top-tier player. Would you rather have the all-time hit record or the all-time home run record? Hit. I'm. I mean, it's just me. Perfect, like you said, personal preference. I, I'm not. I was never a home run hitter to begin with, so yeah. that was never. I mean, I love the home run ball. Don't get me wrong. It's hard not to love it. But for me, a hit over a home run. I mean, yeah. Did I not score for my team? Maybe I did. Maybe I scored in an extra two runs. Who knows? But you can do so much more with a hit than you can a home run. I agree. I think it also just shows versatility. Right, and how consistency as well. Like, I would rather be known as, like, one of the most well-known consistent players in the MLB rather than just, oh, yeah, he just went up there and hit bombs all the time, but he didn't do anything else. That's where I come into play with all that kind of stuff. And that's how I've always been like that. Chicks dig the long ball, though, bro. (laughs) They do. 
Home run hitters drive Cadillac, singles hitters drive Fords. Yeah, that's why I got a 06 single cab Chevy. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There's your sign award. (laughs) Now, speaking of the Astros, though, they just got Justin Verlander back. Do you think that does much to their depth? Uh, It might. It just depends if he can catch if he can catch something crazy and get a little hype behind his train and they can get their bats hot. Uh, I mean, if you're Don Alvarez, if he gets to go in the way he has been these last couple of days, then I think I think they'll win the division. I really mm-hmm. do. They'll probably come back. I don't see Max Scherzer going to the Rangers and making some big, huge like I don't think he'll do that. Now, if they had Jacob Degrom still mm-hmm. and he was having the season that he was planning on having. Then yeah, I would say it would be it would be a bad time to be an Astros fan or anybody in the AL West. Like the Rangers would have it, but I don't I don't see them pulling through. I think they'll choke last last minute. Mm-hmm. So you think the Astros got it? Yeah, for sure. They they'll have that division, and Baltimore will have the East. Braves will have the NL East. Who's got the uh, American League Central? I don't. I we I haven't been paying attention to who's in that. Twins. Twins are but up there. The Indians are better. Guardians, my bad. Yeah. Are back one game. So and I mean, dude, in the AL Central, like those teams are. I feel bad for them because they've just been struggling for so long. Mm-hmm. Like the Tigers haven't been good since they had Victor Martinez, mm-hmm. Miguel Cabrera, like all those guys. When was the last time the White Sox were good? Two thousand five. Yeah, that's that right. Paul Rico and all them. Fun AJ story Virginia. though. So. The White Sox didn't make a single World Series that I can recall between 1919 and 2005 when they won. And they called it the Curse of Shoeless Joe. Yeah. And when they won in 2005, the team talked to Charlie Sheen and they got the bat that he used from the movie Eight Men Out. And they sat it up in their dugout all season as like an homage to Shoeless Joe Jackson. Yeah. And they won the World Series. And he Series. came back. <laughs> he came and helped them out. Dude, that's crazy. Shoeless Joe had one of the most iconic bats in baseball history. He called it Black Betty. And it was just like a handcrafted bat that he painted black. And that was his bat. And it was just like everybody knew his name and everything. That's, dude, that's awesome. That is awesome. I didn't know that story. Mm hmm. Yeah, but I remember when the White Sox did know that you say that. Like, but also, I don't think he was on the 2005 team. That might have been his last season. But back in the 90s with Frank Thomas, oh, big hurt. So dude. they had some pretty good. Yeah, they were teams. they were pretty good. They had, I remember Paul Konerko, AJ Przinsky, Mark Burley. They were they did they had some stacked teams for sure. I, I forgot all about yeah. that. But then you go back to the Royals, for example. They were 26, 15, 14, 15, yeah, 20, 16. Yeah, that's right. So 15, you have the Royals. And then the Guardians, they played in 2016. So, Are I mean, you good whenever a team changes their last their name I, with, like, remembering to call them by the new no, name? No, no, not at all. Like, not at all. Like, the Washington football team or whatever they call themselves now, I don't even know. But for me, it's just, you know, I'm the, it's the Redskins, bro. It'll always be the Redskins for me. Cleveland Indians, it'll always be the I Indians. I guess it depends like, on how old you were when they changed the right. name. Right, like how, like how long you've just been accustomed to being called one name. Like we were the Indians in Little yeah. League. Literally, yeah, we still have pictures of like yeah. uniforms and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean it. It kind of sucks because you like all those memories of like the team that you knew and loved, or like mm-hmm. not even loved, just knew. For example, like to kind of CC get pushed out. Right, you know what I was like, dude. They had some pretty decent players back in the day like mm-hmm. oh god what is his name grady um sizemore yes dude yeah. center fielder 
He was always one Dude, of my favorite was, outfielders. I used to love playing with him <laughs> in uh, the show. He was so good. He was. He was a hell of a center fielder, dude. He was. But, but I, mean, I, I still think they should have went by the Spiders. Just go old school. That was Cy Young's right. team name. Like, if you're going to change a name, like, send it way back. Dude, for <laughs> real. But, anyways, yeah, uh, speaking of teams that don't exist anymore... The Montreal Expos also always had a really good name. Oh, I like that. Wow. I didn't even think about that. And if they're going to expand, you know, baseball, they've got the Blue Jays. I don't right. get why they don't bring back the Expos because Canada, as far as, like, spreading baseball's popularity, mm-hmm. that's an untapped market, I yeah, think. Yeah, 100%. Could. 100%. Like, honestly, though, one of the best cities, I say that, and it probably would not work out at all. Mm-hmm. It would be so crowded and packed. It would be hard. But for some reason, I've always wanted Nashville to have a ball team. Just I don't know why. I've yeah. just always wanted to be like I want to go to Nashville for the weekend. I mean, it go makes watch sense. Like, like, even, yeah, the Tennessee Titans. Where are they in Nashville? Yeah. Okay, like they have the. Titans. Well, their stadium's getting built. Like they're well, they're new. Like yes, it's pretty much gonna be like the battery, but better. Yeah. So their new stadium's going in like downtown Nashville, like downtown. But okay, the Grizzlies and basketball. Memphis right. has got to be one of the worst pro sports yes. cities. Like that, like the Nashville Grizzlies, that would be a lot more of a draw, yeah. I think, as far as ticket sales, players wanting to go there. Right. Like, who wants well, If we're going to bring back classic team names, like, but why not just be like, I don't know. I like the Washington Senators better than the Washington oh, Nationals. Oh, yeah. Dude, the Senators, and dude, their ball caps were always some of my favorites mm-hmm. that they used to have. Those jerseys, too. Golly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I uh, I don't know why I've just always wanted to love like see a team go to Nashville for some reason. I'd love that, but seems like Las Vegas is the hot spot for new. Oh, teams it is hundred percent, hundred percent. I think they're good a baseball team. I think the Oakland will mm-hmm. sell out. Have you heard what they their fans have been doing and all that here lately? No. Like, man, they've been so at the beginning of the season, the fan. I think it was like. You had to look it up, but it was a very small percentage of the stadium being filled. I'm talking like one single number of a percentage of the stadium. Yeah. And now, now they're trying to like the fans are coming together and making a hashtag sell the team. And so mm-hmm. now they have like an uprise of like probably twenty thousand to thirty thousand people a game now from like eight thousand. So so now and they all just show up and they'll just start chanting, uh, sell the team. Sell the team. That's <laughs> it's just awful. like, dude, why would y'all do that to begin with? Like, that's dude, I, mean, I always love the athletics too. Like, I love their color scheme. Yes. I don't know why, like, green and yellow just like pops for me. Right. Like, I love the supersonics colors mm-hmm. too. Well, it's like those, it, I, for me, I feel like it's the classic, like, the old athletic teams yeah. that really made me like, like, uh, like them. Goose gossips. Yes. Like, I'm, all those I'm talking guys. Like, the bright yellow, the bright green. Having the flat bill, those kind of just those days were when the athletics money ball legit, right when they were actually sick. But I don't know. I just don't. I don't think no team, no matter how bad or good, whatever they do, like I don't think they deserve to like. I don't think they deserve to be out there on the field. Be crapped on be, by their I own mean, fans. Yeah, like people throwing bottles on the field and now New York fans are the worst of oh. that. Do you remember a couple years back oh. we covered it on the podcast yeah. when the Mets fans were booing <laughs> the Mets? Yeah, dude, they were just straight up in the middle of the game. No, I don't have a problem. If your team is playing like crap, let them know. 
Right. But that's, if yeah. it's something that's like management that's out exactly. of their control, if it's, then a, that's if just, it's a front office, then you need to be booing at the front office. You don't need yeah. to be booing at the, like the players. Like, yeah. make a chant about the front office. Don't yeah. be sell the team. Like, damn, these guys are coming out here and busting their butt every single day. They may not be winning, but yeah. at least they're trying. Yeah. Like, that's the hardest part. That, that would be the hardest part as an athletic for me, is know that every day I wake up to try to bust my butt for the city of Oakland, just for them to be like, sell the team, yeah. sell the team. I'd literally just be like, oh, screw you guys, I'm yeah, going to Anaheim. Yeah. Trade me, trade <laughs> me, is what I'd be screaming right back at them. Yeah, that would just, that would grind my gears to a point as a player, dude. It would, I, I would lose a bunch of respect for that city if I played there. But, He'd be like, what was his name? Uh, John Rocker that used to play for the Braves. <laughs> I would just go off on New York except for it's your own fans. <laughs> he was a nutcase, bro. <laughs> he was a straight Imagine nut how much case. content he would have given us to talk about. God. <laughs> there was podcasts back in the oh day. Oh, my gosh. I mean, anybody, not even us. Just imagine anybody. Stephen Stephen A would be going it. nuts every. There is no telling that some of the stuff those analysts would be saying about him. I just want to see. I'm going to Google it real quick. If John Rocker was on the '95 team that uh, won the World Series, I'm pretty sure he was. No, no, he wasn't. John Rocker didn't get drafted till '98. Wow. I, I, I always, think he played so I much always pictured than him as like a staple for the yeah. '90s Braves, but never Gosh. mind. I guess we don't know our team like the way we thought no. we did. But, <laughs> but so, dude, either way, he is a he's a cat for sure. I, I would see. love so hanging out with him. We just googled John Rocker, and the first thing that pops up is where is he now? He is currently still lives in Georgia and worked as a hunting and fishing guide. So, sounds like we could hook up a tour with. To hunt and fish with hey, John Rocker. Mr. Mr. John Rocker, we have some uh, we have some connections. We got, we got on a the... podcast. Would you like to do an interview? Yeah. <laughs> what and What honestly... are your thoughts on the state of the world in 2023? <laughs> do you still hate New York? <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, funny. Just hit, him anyway. up, hit him up through email one day. Hey man, we're, we we have connections with a uh, a podcast, and they actually uh they do hunting podcasts. And all yeah. that. They had they've had Chipper on there. <laughs> You can join ours, too, but if you want. We talk sports. Getting back to current baseball, Justin Verlander getting 250 wins. What do you think that does for his career, and is he the best pitcher of his generation? Uh, nah. Because he was on, he was early on, kind of, too. He, he played in, like, the middle 2000s, you know what I mean? He, mm-hmm. The earlier 2000 stage when still Kurt Schilling and, like, the end of Roger Clemens era and he all that He started in 2005. Stuff. Damn, no way. Mm-hmm. He was with the Tigers from, yeah, from 2005 to 2017. That's Well, he stapled his career, really, with the Tigers. Mm-hmm. Like That's the only reason he ever was really well known is how really well he did with the uh, with the Tigers to begin with. And, dude, that, like, we were talking about it just a minute ago, but those teams were so stacked. Like I said, Victor Martinez, Miguel Cabrera, um, Justin Verlander. Like, dude, they had so many different tools. And for them not to win anything was just kind of crazy. It's like the mid two thousand sons of the MLB. Yeah, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> they, they never even made a World Series, did they? Uh, you'd have to look it up because I don't think so. I don't think they did. I don't think so. Which is sad, kinda. Yeah. Like for twelve years, I mean, obviously their teams weren't that good for twelve years straight. But I mean, for at least four of them, three of them, they had to be dang up there winning the series or winning their uh, division every year. 
would you say Clayton Kershaw? I guess was the picture. If Clayton of Kershaw, well, well the twenty tens, yeah. If he had one more rings, like dude, he would, he'd be up there, up there, like seriously up there. Let's see to compare Kershaw and Verlander just by accolades. Kershaw is a ten-time All Star. Verlander's got nine. Verlander's pitched three no hitters. Kershaw's got one. Kersh, they're both three-time Cy Young Award leaders. Um, looks like Verlander's a four-time wins leader, and Kershaw's three. But Kershaw's a three-time, no, a five-time ERA leader, and Verlander's only two. So it's pretty neck and neck as far as... What about as, their World Series? Because I know... Verlander's got two, Kershaw's got one. Yeah, wasn't Verlander an MVP in one of them? Yeah, or he was... ALCS MVP. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Just Kershaw doesn't have any accolades to that, does he? Nope. Nope. Yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean, it looks like Verlander's, Verlander's kinda, got him. Uh, got him on. Yeah, for sure. Statistics. Uh, so, I mean, it's an interesting debate. It is. I think he's definitely, those are probably the top two of the 2010s. Right, right for sure. For sure. I mean, Scher- Scherzer's got to be up there, too. Like, he's always been dominant. But I mean, with the twenty ten and stuff, you gotta kind of throw. You can't forget about like Tim Limscombe and people like that. Oh uh, well, like, yeah, he he just Timmy had Lynn. such a he had like short a short, peak. just just crazy like two year yeah. stretch of being so dominant. To like, I saw a video earlier. And you know how like this never gets talked about. Just people forget about this so much. Mm. Like back in twenty fourteen against the Padres, he threw one hundred and forty six pitches for his first no hitter ever. Like, Jeez. if a guy tried throwing over a hundred pitches in today's MLB. They would literally just be like, oh, my arm, I need to get taken out. Like, it could literally be top nine, two outs, 2-2 two, two count. Oh, I reached 100 pitches. I got to come out, coach. I'm sorry. 146 pitches, I think. And the most impressive part about Tim Linscombe, he's 5'11". <laughs> so just another win short for kings. us short kings out here. Yeah. <laughs> Still got two inches on me, though. Yeah. I mean, we can't... Not <laughs> can't everybody's can't get it all, bro. Can't get it all. You either get the looks or you get the height. That's the worst part about MLB players. Is like Some like the basketball players, like Shaq, you're like, there's no way I could ever attain that. But then you look at Tim Linscombe, it's like, man, if I just worked a little bit harder... I yeah, could, yeah, I learned how to throw a curveball <laughs> a little bit better. <laughs> like, I got no excuses. If I would have taken time and actually threw the ball through, through the tire... But MLB just had a Hall of Fame induction this last week, too. Fred McGriff finally made it in. Finally. Along with Scott Roll. I wanted Fred McGriff in for years. Me and you, too. Because, I mean, he was just so consistent with, like, everything he did was just so, it was just smooth. His tempo when he, like, swung the bat was just pure. He Mm -hmm. was so fast and quick. The outfield position just freaking, he made it look easy, dude. What always bugged me about Fred McGriff and the Hall of Fame is as far as non-pitchers, the Hall of Fame has its magic numbers. 500 home runs, 3,000 hits. Mm -hmm. And he had 499 home runs. Oh, my goodness. And the only reason he didn't get 500 is because the MLB went on strike during his prime. (laughs) It's like if it wasn't for that, he would have got over the threshold for 500 home runs and he probably would have got in like yeah. years ago. Three years ago. Yep. That's insane. I did not know that. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for him. <laughs> that, that sucks, dude. That sucks. But like, hey, come out of retirement. One, one, yeah, go I get you one more. Yeah. Go get he, you one more. He retired in 2003, <laughs> I think, with the Marlins. Yep. But if I had 499, 
I would have hung saying, on. I'd have been saying. that old man like Vince Carter yeah, on the Hawks. Bro, like, what are you still doing here? Kidding He's me? like, I'm waiting for that one home run. Yeah. Well, you can't even swing the bat. Well, I'm going to try. Like, I don't care. I'm, I'm getting that fuck. I'm send, me, home send, run, me to, send me to I'm the AL. I'll run. be a designated hitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting my home run. I swear to you. But, yeah. So, good for Fred McGriff. Mm-hmm. The crime dog. Yes, finally Congrats. getting the recognition he deserves. Congrats. Now, Bronny James... He's out of the hospital. He posted an update on Instagram last night of him just out and about eating dinner at a restaurant mm-hmm. with his family. That's but awesome. there have been some top cardiologists speaking with the sporting news websites and everything that said that his excellent recovery progress so far is no indication that he can go back to playing high-level basketball. So. His athletic future seems to still be up in the air, but at least physically, as everyday life goes, he seems to be doing good. Healthier, a little bit better than what he was. That's good to hear, man. You never want to hear something like that, especially to such a young person who has so much potential. You just never, ever, ever want to hear something like that kind of stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Glad he's okay, though. Yep. Your daddy's so. still a girl, though. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You think, how many more years do you think LeBron's got? Four. Four? That's yep. pretty. And this is what he's going to do. It's two years, these next two years, he ain't going to do nothing. He's just going to bum it out. He's going to hang it, hang out, play his game, still average 20 and 7 or 8. And then his last two years, he's going to absolutely go crazy. It sounds stupid. Just call me what you want. But his last two years, or at least his last year, He's going to go insane. And then everybody will be like, that's why LeBron's the GOAT. <laughs> and that's that what sounds to just like how people talk. <laughs> that's why LeBron's the GOAT. That's, that's what's, he's either got three or four. So I either think the next couple years he's going to slow down and get that work back in to like put himself on a, uh, I guess just a, just a path to where his last year, or at least the sec- last two years, can just be either he balls out so hard that he just says, all right, I can't do this anymore, mm-hmm. or he's just going to kick his feet up and relax. There's only two ways you can go about it. Who knows? Yep. It'll be good to see. I guess one last topic to get into before we wrap it up. Georgia was recently ranked mm-hmm. yep. number one again yep. for at least a CBS sports poll to kick sure. off the season. Number one in recruiting class as well. And we're getting closer to college football every day. So Week zero. Well, thinking? NFL preseason starts actually, I believe, next week. And then week zero for college football, which is like obviously the first games of the season, are August 26th. That's that yeah. Saturday. So that's when everything gets started. And I have... I've thought about this so much lately. The only way Georgia doesn't win another national championship championship this year is if Carson Beck doesn't come through. Their quarterback, if he doesn't come through and play, I mean, he doesn't have to play lights out every single game, mm-hmm. obviously. Because, I mean, our schedule this season is so easy that, like, we have a couple games to where it's like, okay, like, we got to... We got to really buckle down here and just make sure we get through this one alive. Like Tennessee, for example, that's going to be our hardest game by far all year, and I'm scared for that one. But I still think we'll pull it out. I don't know how Georgia's not going to win, but no way Georgia three feeds. You don't think that's so? just? Was like, I don't know if anybody's ever three peated. 
I don't think not in the college, in college football, not, not in the college football era, obviously, but like not even. Well, somebody's had to. Let's look it up. Who's your guess? If anybody's done it, it's either like Yale Alabama Bulldogs. in the 60s, like Yale in the 20s. Yeah, no team has ever been awarded three national championships in a row. Mm. Yeah, well, so guess we no. guess we about to rewrite history, folks. Unless you think college football scripted. Oh, never mind. So, uh, there's been one three-peat, and it was Minnesota in 1934, 35, and 36. That doesn't even count, bro. College football wasn't even a thing then. Like, come on. Just a bunch that of, was back bunch of the, big old burly white boys running around with it. was back in the it. leather helmet era. <laughs> yeah, bro. They actually used pigskin. <laughs> like, legit. <laughs> running around with pigs on the floor. It is funny, though, when you look up, like, Who's won the most national championships ever? Oh. Is it Michigan? Is it oh. Alabama? Is Nebraska. Yale? <laughs> like, dude. Hey, don't disrespect Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. Terrence Crawford hey, will come, come get for me. you. <laughs> Omaha native right there. Yeah, we did not realize until we were doing the research for this episode that Terrence Crawford <laughs> is, in fact, from Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> which makes sense as to why he had Omaha on, on the, the back, back of his trunk. Okay, we, we will say this, too, just to let you guys in, in a little insight. Garrett looked to me, and I looked at him, and we were both like... Where is he? Is he from Detroit? He has Eminem walking out with him. Yeah. Dude, I looked it up and I saw Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. And I was like, that's why Eminem's hanging out with him. I got I was like, I thought he was just a big old Peyton Manning yeah. fan. He's making audibles mid-fight. Yeah. Omaha. Would you imagine if every time he punched Errol Spence, he's like, Omaha, Omaha. It's like his coach, his coach is in the corner just like, Terrence. Omaha, Omaha, he switches up. Yeah. Just like completely switches his part. Peyton Manning just like clapping him <laughs> up from ringside. Oh, goodness gracious. That would be hilarious. Did you see um, Disney Plus around Christmas this last year made a Santa Claus like with a Tim Allen TV show? And they had this scene where Peyton Manning was impersonating Santa Claus and he's, instead of saying ho, 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 he's like, Omaha, Omaha, Omaha. <laughs> oh my God. Why can I see his forehead <laughs> vein popping when he says that in his Santa suit? Peyton Manning has the biggest forehead. Oh my God. That's a, that's a, like you, that's a seven could, head. you could land a private jet on that, get off, hit the airport, and then get back on the PJ yeah. on his forehead. It's insane. So, I love him to death, but. To wrap up this episode of The Water Cooler, I have a Peyton Manning story. Told from my Uber driver when I was in Tennessee going to the Alabama-Tennessee game this last season. Uh-oh. So apparently, according to my Uber driver, he was at Tennessee the same time Peyton Manning was. And Peyton Manning had some big like comeback win, like threw a touchdown. It was an amazing pass and everything. And my Uber driver went to the after party with all the football players. And he saw Peyton Manning and he was like, hey man, nice catch. And Peyton Manning was like, oh, I know. And my Uber driver fought Peyton Manning because he, he thought he was cocky. Oh, my God. Now, what a Tennessee story. Yeah. Like, is it true? Is, is both unbelievable and believable at the same time. It's so unbelievable that it's actually true. That is sick, dude. I would have got the guy's autograph. Yeah. I would have been like, Somewhere, this guy fought Peyton, Peyton Manning. Manning's still scared about some redneck who beat him up in, like, 1997. Dude, that would be so great. You have a, have a selfie with the guy, and it's like, this is your bully from t- 20 years Tom later. Tom Brady goes and yeah. like buys him a fully funded trip to Europe or something. Uh, 
gosh. Like, come hang out with me and Giselle. Oh, no, him and Giselle are Dunzo, yes. Dude, I can't... I'm getting off topic, but, dude, the reason that him and her got the divorce is football and all that, but, dude, she was banging there. Yeah, she was their yoga teacher. Tom was got grinding on the field. She was just, that, you know what's sad about that though is you can be the goat and, and you still get play. cheated on. I mean, like imagine like even Tom Brady's got girl problems. Right. That's just sad. Right. That is, and that's how you, hey bro, that's how people like me and you. We always gonna have girl problems. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> if Tom Brady's got girl problems, everybody's gonna have girl problems, yeah. and it don't matter who you are. Yeah, but no. Whenever you're uh, married and you get divorced, and she's got a boyfriend a week later. Yeah. Just uh. Newsflash, that has been happening. Yeah. For God knows how long. <laughs> yeah. And the fact he, he like, ruined his whole marriage just to come back and, and play a terrible in, season of football. Lose <laughs> in the freaking NL or the uh, championship game to take yeah. you to the world. Oh, my gosh. The Super Bowl is over here talking about baseball. And, dude, to lose to the Cowboys in the oh, season opener. Ew. That's the first. If Tom Brady could have retired the year before when he did it the first time, right. he would have never lost to the Cowboys in his career. Ever. Ever. Like, that's a, that's a bad part, too. Yeah. It's like... Dude, you lost your wife. You lost to the Cowboys. Like, you lost a lot in one mm-hmm. year. It's like whenever he went to the Bucks, I was like, "Is this gonna be like Jordan on the Wizards?" And he wasn't. He won a championship, but he then felt he like was. Jordan on the Wizards when he retired and came yeah. back for the third time <laughs> or second time. Dude, that's when I was like, "Yeah, the Garrett was right. He he's definitely Jordan on the Wizards now." <laughs> I remember us talking about that. But yeah, he, when he first came back, I was like, uh-oh, here we go, what's going to happen? And he, he did it. But hey, Father Tom, still undefeated. Yep, that's a crazy part. Well, yeah, we'll catch y'all next time. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good one.